Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from Wiped Out to Wealthy. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Ashley Rose and Dr. Michelle, functional medicine doctor, naturopathic physician, and East Asian medical practitioner. Hey there, and welcome back. I hope you were able to grab my ebook for free last week, but if you missed out on the promotion, no need to worry. You can definitely still get your hands on it for just a few bucks on Amazon. I was pretty excited because it actually got up to the number two slot in women's health, so I was like, what? Um, So yeah, if that interests you, be sure to grab it. All right, so Today, let's talk stress. I swear this topic is everywhere, yet we still end up letting it dictate our lives. The fact is we need stress. You probably know this. Stress protects us from danger, whether it's internal like illness or toxicity or external like trying not to fall off a cliff. Unfortunately, in today's world, it's not always so black and white. Our bodies constantly faced with a bunch of smaller but more chronic stressors, such as unstable blood sugar, um, inadequate sleep, traffic, uh, excessive workloads, and even things like the realization of how disconnected we are from nature, right? This type of stress is typically referred to as perceived stress, which is really just our mental interpretation of something. This could be the anticipation of giving a presentation, a personal favorite of mine, um, watching the latest horror flick, or having an emotional conversation. These all result in that same physiological stress response. Over the centuries, our reactions to stress haven't really changed much. This reactionary system was originally, uh, you know, designed for acute stressors that resolved quickly. The simplest example would be to think of a herd of gazelles at a watering hole, right? A lion comes along into the picture, stress ensues, uh, one of the herd might be caught, and then moments later, the gazelles are just chilling right back at the watering hole. In contrast, our present-day chronic low-grade stress leads to a continual release of stress hormone messengers, specifically corticotrophin-releasing hormone, or CRH. This hormone messenger is constantly leaking into the HPA, or hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and it causes dysfunction because it basically numbs out the receptors that are necessary for your stress hormones to work properly. Now, when I say stress hormones, I'm typically talking about adrenaline, noradrenaline, and more specifically, um, cortisol. So to continue the story, this incessant dripping of CRH becomes normal for you. By the way, normal in today's society usually does not equal healthy, (laughs) which makes it hard for your body to differentiate when you should or should not be quote, stressed. In this state, your body either fails to recognize that you're stressed or you experience an exaggerated emotional and or physical response to every stressor, such as 
intolerance to noise or light or a feeling of being overwhelmed when asked to perform a simple task. If this sounds like you, I'm also assuming that it can leave you feeling kind of helpless or defeated. One of the most unhealthy and powerless places to be, right? It's when I hear women describe this situation to me that I know we need to soothe and nourish their nervous system and their adrenal glands. So when you're you're in this state, you also tend to lose the ability to properly manage emotional behavior, um, maintain motivation, right? And also just keep general control of your internal and external environment. So this leads to exaggerated neurochemical, emotional, and physical responses within the sympathetic nervous system, or SNS. Um, It's also called your fight, flight, or freeze mode. Um, This leads to more cortisol production, causing more numbed out receptors, which only makes the HPA axis dysfunction worse. No bueno. Although we can't expect the external and internal stress load to really diminish much in Western society, unless, of course, you have the financial and geographic freedom to do so, we can regain control over our response to it to help protect ourselves from other, you know, stress-induced illness. So I've painted a pretty dysregulated picture here, right? But how does this really affect our body? So not surprisingly, this low-grade chronic stress contributes to a multitude of ailments and conditions. It can lead to increased blood pressure, heart disease, systemic inflammation, um, and directly increased LDL production. This is your low-density lipoprotein or lousy cholesterol. Um, Excessive cortisol also creates imbalances of regulatory hormones that promote healthy estrogen and testosterone production along with other key hormones essential for our reproductive health. Stress also has a direct impact on inflammatory bowel disease or IBD, um, things like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease because it increases certain compounds that cause inflammation and disrupt healing along the digestive tract. It also stimulates histamine release from mast cells and IgG or immunoglobulin G production, which can cause bloating, inflammation, and mucus production, which is commonly found with food allergies and sensitivities. Shall I continue? I don't I don't mean to scare you here, but this is serious business, right? So one of the most detrimental and profound effects of chronic stress is drumroll, please weight gain. So in a society where 65% of people are overweight and 31% are clinically obese, uh, wow, chronic stimulation of our HPA axis, that incessant drip I was talking about, can basically be viewed as one of the most prevalent and preventable risk factors to our health. So cortisol, our main stress hormone, does this by interfering with compounds that help us feel full after eating, uh, boosts our metabolism, and it also decreases food cravings. So basically, when cortisol is chronically elevated, it allows us to overeat while slowing down our metabolism, which can lead to a 60% decrease in our fat-burning capabilities. Pretty serious, right? 
So stress also triples the release of insulin in response to things like grains, starches, sweets, and fruits, which forces our body to treat one slice of bread as if it were three, one cookie as if it was three cookies, and so on. I'm sure you can guess this increases fat storage, particularly in the abdominal region. To make matters worse, CRH and cortisol block the production and binding of both serotonin and dopamine, some of our happy neurotransmitters, right? This combination of imbalanced hormones destabilizes our mood and stimulates further food cravings. By blocking this pathway, cortisol ends up promoting weight gain and potentially pushing us further towards diabetes, even if we're being super diligent about our diet and exercise routine. Not okay, right? So clearly, chronic stress affects many aspects of our health and metabolism. So rebalancing your HPA access is crucial to maintaining healthy weight. Simply mopping up excess cortisol is not sufficient since it doesn't address the numerous other areas affected by its circulation. We need to decrease its production back to the root cause, right? So how can we do this? First off, figure out what is causing you stress. I know this may seem like a no-brainer, but it's really important to take inventory of both internal and external stressors and see where you can make modifications. Sure, it's super helpful to practice, you know, deep breathing exercises, move your body, try to be more mindful and present in the moment and initiate a meditation routine. But for most of us, that just turns out to be another stressor, right? So let's try to look at it from another angle. What can you let go of? Take a look at what fills your day. Are you working a job that sucks the life out of you? Is your day a nonstop distraction from from what you really want to do or who you want to become? Are you in a relationship that's jeopardizing your self-care? Is your calendar filling up with someone else's agenda items? I know these aren't the easiest topics really to address, but they can have the most profound effects on how you live the rest of your life. Just do me and yourself a favor and think about it. One of the best books I've read over the past couple years um, related to this topic has been Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeown. I can't recommend it enough. Um, I know I've mentioned it in a previous episode, so please take a look, read it, listen to it, whatever. Okay, next, take a look at what you're eating. Seriously, take a good, honest look. Keep a diet diary for a few days and really take inventory of what you put into your body. I included my four-day diet diary in episode 25's freebie, so if you want to get your hands on that, I'll link to it in the show notes. Also, by creating more awareness around what you put into your body, you'll be able to start seeing how different foods affect your mood, your stress levels, and of course, your digestion. One key aspect to take note of is how your body is responding 
to your blood sugar levels. Keeping your blood sugar balanced can be a game changer for so many people. You can do this by making sure to eat adequate protein at each meal along with nutrient-dense vegetables and legumes. Um, A serving of protein is about the diameter and thickness of the palm of your hand. So try to get at least that much protein at each meal. For some people who know they need to reset the HPA axis, it's really important to temporarily minimize or eliminate carbohydrates and simple sugars since they trigger excess insulin release. So if you suspect this is you, check out episode 25 again. Um, That's all about keto, uh, like the ketogenic diet and carb confusion. Pro tip... In practice, when I work with someone who tends to wake up between 3 and 4 a.m., assuming you have a normal (laughs) circadian rhythm or diurnal cycle, um, I'll usually recommend having a little protein before bed, which really helps to regulate blood sugar and prevent that cortisol spike um, from waking them up at that time. All right. This episode is a little uh, longer than others, but I guess I have a lot to say here, so thanks for sticking with me. (laughs) Um, There's one last thing I want to address. If you're like many clients I have, it's not uncommon to reach for a beverage after work to kind of help calm the nerves and clear your head, right? So I've actually put together a couple alternative yet satisfying recipes to do just that. They are full of herbal nervines, which help you feel more relaxed and grounded without the high sugar and calorie content of your typical adult beverage. I'll put them in the show notes for this week's freebie, so be sure to get your hands on them. While in the midst of creating these healthy changes, you may need some additional help, right? So supplement-wise, there are some great uh, natural approaches. Things like L-theanine, which is a compound found in green tea, which can help shift our brains away from the beta wave activity, which is largely responsible for our incessant racing thoughts, to a more alpha wave um, activity, which is the calming, focused brainwave activity. Um, It can also help regulate serotonin, uh, GABA, and dopamine production, which all kind of favor that quiet campfire state of mind, right? When's the last time you unplugged, by the way? (laughs) All right, so... In addition, GABA, G-A-B-A, has the ability to regulate excessive feelings of fear and strong emotions, so things like mood swings, right? I tend to recommend a product to my clients that combines both GABA and L-theanine, which is borderline magical for those who need it. So after all this, if you're curious how cortisol might be affecting your weight, uh, your mood, or your potential for future chronic disease, I would definitely recommend requesting a 24-hour cortisol test from your provider and possibly even a urine organic acids test. Um, So yeah, those are two of my favorite methods. As always, I hope you found this information helpful. I would love to hear from you. So if you can leave a review on iTunes, that would be so awesome. Uh, A couple things before I sign off. This week is the last week I'm holding my free masterclass entitled, Is It My Hormones? Stop Guessing and Reclaim Your Health This Month. I've had some great feedback. So if this piques your interest, be sure to grab your seat. It's totally free. 
Also, since I mentioned the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeown, I wanted to give you the opportunity to grab it for free on Audible. If you're interested, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash females in fine fettle. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash females in fine fettle. All right, I cannot wait to meet you back here next week. In episode 30, I'll be opening up the discussion on toxicity and hormone dysregulation. Did you know that the average woman uses 12 products containing 168 unique chemicals every day? Yeah. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.